Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning, March the 23rd. 2022 and uh, whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490 on the FM side at 104.9 if you are listening via the live stream which can be found on ESPNTucson.com or an Alexa enabled device I appreciate you tuning in here to the Jeff Dean show we try to put the best show together for you every single day hopefully bring you some uh, some opinions some inside information on some certain things I like I'm not going to share everything I think you guys know that already um I've told I've said that many times on here. I'm not going to share every all the information that I have because I have confidentiality with you know with people that I just legitimately enjoy talking to, and would rather just keep those kinds of things between us. I'm not I'm not a journalist. I'm not a reporter. I'm just here to spread some morning cheer and get you guys going with your day, and maybe give you some things to think about throughout your day, and also invite you to my Twitter. Go to uh, Twitter if you have a Twitter. Follow me at UAZ Voice. I don't get paid for the amount of followers. I don't care if you follow me or not. I'm not even an exciting Twitter follow. But I would love to hear your opinions and see your opinions because I, I do end up following a lot of people back um, that, uh, that follow me. Um, I'm not going to follow everybody back. I just I, My timeline, just I can't. It just, it's just too much. <laughs> like if I follow 1,000 people, I just can't get through it all. I don't have one of those cool Twitter decks that people have on their computers where there's all these Twitters and they've got them filtered through one thing and the other. I, I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you give me a follow at UAZ Voice, I promise to be uh, cordial and occasionally funny and maybe give out some information here and there every once in a while. Like, you know, Teddy Bruschi says that he's going to be at the spring game, the spring football game uh, coming up on April 9th. Now, Jed Fish was teasing, is he going to play, you know, defensive end, a la Desert Swarm? Is he going to play middle linebacker, a la New England Patriots? Is he going to be a coach, a la the 2021 spring game? Or is he going to be a broadcaster, a la 2022? <laughs> so, Teddy Bruschi will be in Tucson April 9th for the, uh, for the spring game. Get your tickets now, and it's going to be fun. Look, this is... This is going to be your first chance to see the, all those freshmen on the field for the first time before live bullets are firing coming up in September, right? See, now now I started down the college football path, and now I can't get off of it. Like, I started talking college football because I was like, let's talk about the NFL draft. I'll talk about the NFL draft today. The Mel Kuyper's first mock draft is out. I love Mel's mock drafts. I think Mel does a phenomenal job. He and I often see eye to eye on our – hierarchy in our rankings of players. We're often somewhat similar. Certainly more so than mine and McSham or McShay, whatever his name is. Did that on purpose. Uh, and now, and I started talking about Pac-12, and now I want to talk about Arizona football because I'm like, I'm all geared up now. I was looking at the schedule. Dude, like this schedule's, it is such a good schedule. I, I know that it's not easy, but for fans – this is such a cool schedule for fans, man. Like, it really is. Arizona opens up on the road in San Diego. And don't tell me it's too far 
because 11,000 of you just showed up for a basketball game there. We can get 12,000 in that brand new state, brand new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium there that they built, beautiful facility. It got finished early. Of, of all the things that happened in COVID, for construction to finish early is like the miracle of all miracles. Hopefully the thing doesn't topple over. <laughs> I, have, I haven't been there to see like the structures or anything. Hopefully it's not just being held up by duct tape and Elmer's glue. But, yeah, Snapdragon Stadium got finished early. So it's ready to go for the game against Arizona on September 3rd. So this, like, it works out perfectly for Wildcat fans. We're going to go to San Diego on September 3rd, see our new team beat up on the San Diego State Aztecs who gave us a whooping in our yard last year. Just make a little quick five-hour trip over there, boom, watch a football game, have some fun, enjoy the weather, come on back home. Get ready to play an SEC school, Mississippi State. You know who their head coach is? Yeah, you're familiar with him, Mike Leach. Let's have some fun with the old pirate, right? Let's welcome him back to Tucson with another, with another L for, uh, for Mike Leach. They open up against Mississippi State at home on September 10th. Then they play North Dakota State, like the power of all powers in the FCS. The multiple, multiple reigning time, uh, reigning national champion at the FCS level. Like North Dakota State going to come in here and try to hang a 50-burger on Arizona. Like they're, they're a buttoned-up program. They're as good as it gets. That's going to be an interesting, uh, fun matchup on a team that you'll never see in Tucson. Like you'll never see North Dakota State in Tucson. You, you certainly won't see the school up north schedule them because they're too good. They, they won't schedule them up north. We will. So North Dakota State coming to town on September 17th. So there's three games that Wildcat fans can enjoy right there, and all three good teams. San Diego State returning a really good team this year, obviously playing an SEC school with a top 50 recruiting class and a crazy out-of-his-mind whack job head coach. Sure, let's have some fun. And then by far and away the best program in the country at the FCS level at North Dakota State. There's your first three games of the season. <laughs> That is a that is a, a a roller coaster ride of fun and angst, and we'll get to see some freshmen out there in Arizona and T Mac and Key and Burnett and you know all these guys that transfers coming in. Jaden Dolores slinging the ball. These wide receivers we only got to see for a couple of games last year out there running routes. A whole truckload of running backs that are going to be in the backfield. Newly uh, newly pieced together offensive line with a couple of freshmen that are going to be in the offensive line. Defense flying around, new defensive coordinator, a back end that's going to be one of the best in the conference. Yeah, sign me up, man. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Like, I, I, basketball season's not even over yet. I'm like, let's do some football. So it's it, the, the schedule plays out so well for Arizona fans because you get we get Colorado at home. That'll be fun, right? We we got to you know we we all remember the the Kadeem Carey game. One of my favorite games I've ever attended in my life. I had more, I had more fun of that game than I think I've had it at you know any other home games that I can remember, other than you know the big double overtime Oregon game and some of the other ones, you know. But watching watching Kadeem Carey run for three hundred and sixty eight yards or whatever it was, unstoppable against Colorado was some of the most fun I've ever had. Then we get Oregon coming in. Yeah, Ducks are coming to town. Uh, who else? Who else is coming to town this year? USC, USC will be in Tucson. That's right. USC is going to be in Tucson. That'll be fun. And then, of course, 
end of the year, that school from up north is going to take their whooping uh, at the end of the year right there on the uh, Friday after Thanksgiving. Also, uh, Wazoo come to town. So get to see the, the new Cougars there. Jaden DeLore going to be playing against his, home, his own team, his, his uh, former team there uh, at, uh, in Tucson. So uh, I'm, already, I'm already jacked up, man. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. And the spring game right around the corner. April 9th, spring game. Teddy Bruschi going to be there. Sounds like Gronk may be there as well. Hasn't confirmed yet, but I'm sure Jed's working on it. And if not, they've got other alumni and things like that that then come in and fans would uh, would love to see and they would love to uh, to visit with. So stay tuned for that. We'll have more information as uh, as we continue to move forward <clears throat> towards the uh, towards the spring game on April 9th. The game's at noon uh, on April 9th, Saturday. So come on down. I'll be there, do some announcing, and get to watch the game with uh, through my binoculars. <laughs> so. Have some fun with that. Um, all right, looking at the NFL, there's you know we we know now that, that Deshaun Watson has decided where he's going to go. He's going to go to Cleveland. We talked yesterday. Where does Baker Mayfield go? I gave you my opinions on the scenarios that I think are most likely for for Baker Mayfield. Somebody brought up, and it's it's a good, and I didn't mention it because I, I don't, I don't see it happening. But uh, I mean, again, anything is possible. They brought up the, the Seattle Seahawks in regards to Baker Mayfield. I don't know if Baker would go there. They're not going to be very good this year. Go to some, you know, play for a 71-year-old coach. I don't I don't know if that's a, a real good fit for Baker. <laughs> if I'm Baker, I'd go where I have some familiarity with people, personnel, uh, you know, front office guys. That's why I think Detroit is a good landing spot for, for Baker Mayfield personally. But we'll see. So now the question is, what are the 49ers going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, they, they, they say that they want two second-round picks for him. I don't think that's an egregious number for Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that he's not going to be able to, you know, because of the surgery that he had in the offseason, he's going to be out three to four months. He will be throwing a football for three to four months. I get it. That's a sticking point for some of the teams. Now the 49ers, they freed up about $27 million in cap space in the offseason recently over the last week or so, which is about the number that it's going to cost uh, the team if they retain Jimmy Garoppolo for the start of the season. I don't think it's all that bad of an idea if the 49ers want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's what I this is this is what I'm envisioning has happened behind the scenes in San Francisco in regards to John Lynch, Tal Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo read the tea leaves. They spent all that draft capital to move up and draft Trey Lance, the future of their program, North Dakota State, by the way, um, to draft Trey Lance and, and you know, essentially name him the future of that football team. Jimmy Garoppolo is not an idiot, but he's also a great teammate and a great locker room guy, so he, he rolled with it. He said, I'm going to be the starting quarterback until this kid, out, you know, beats me out in, the, in, in, a, in a practice somewhere, which he didn't. And Kyle Shanahan had, had more trust in Jimmy and started Jimmy and didn't even play, didn't even put Trey Lance on the field for the final uh, 10 games of the season, including the playoffs. So it, it would be the, the way that I envisioned it was in the offseason, Jimmy probably went to John, uh, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan and was like, hey, I understand, you know, what's going on. I get it. Trey's young. He's exciting. You guys spent all that draft capital to, to, to pick him. Uh, can, we, can we get me traded somewhere? And I'm sure that John Lynch was like, yes, that is one of our top priorities, but we want to make sure that we get you to the right spot because you've done right by us. You've been a great teammate. 
You've been, you've done everything that we've asked you. We went to a Super Bowl. We were a play away from winning and beating Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We won a game on the road in the playoffs in an ice bowl game at Lambeau Field where you were the better quarterback on the field between you and Aaron Rodgers. Like, we're going to do right by you. So when the trade offers are coming in and Carolina says, we'll, get, we'll go ahead and give you two second-round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then they look at Carolina and go, all right, so you got a running back who plays half maybe of the season. You don't have any targets for him to throw to. Your offensive line has been picked apart, and your defense is aging. No, okay, you know, we'll get back to you. you know, we got other we got other offers here. In fact, you know, we have a little bit better of an offer from another team. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you. Like, I'm sure they were probably like, we're not going to send Jimmy there. Like, we're going to send Jimmy somewhere where he's going to be protected, where he can win games, which is where I thought – I honestly thought that Pittsburgh was going to be it, man. Like, I thought Pittsburgh was going to be the place for him. Pittsburgh decided to go with somebody cheaper with, uh, with Mitchell Trubisky. We'll see how that works out for them. I thought that Jimmy was going to be perfect uh, for Pittsburgh, and if Pittsburgh wanted to give up two second-round picks this year, next year, I think that would have been fine for them. So I think that Jimmy Garoppolo starts the season with the 49ers. I believe that he will be maybe the starting quarterback for the 49ers. And I think what happens is right around September 28th, teams start calling, and they're like, you know how we get, we're going to give you a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, we'd like to elevate that to a first-round pick. We're really close. we got a great team this year. We're healthy. The offensive line is clicking. Our running backs, uh, you know, our, the, the kid that we drafted in the fifth round last, last year has really emerged as a lead back for us, and we're on borrowed time with him. But we need a quarterback who can get us through road games, bad weather games, a guy who knows how to win in the postseason – We'll, we'll, we'll give you a first-rounder for Jimmy. Now, whoever that team is, you know, I don't, I don't know who that would be, but obviously that would be a team that is in a position to make a playoff run, possibly an AFC team that is looking to, you know, looking at, you know, ahead at the, at the matchups in the postseason. They're like, we're either going to have to face one of those AFC West teams as a nightmare or we're going to have to face Josh Allen and the Bills or something of that nature, or, you know, maybe it's going to have to be the Indianapolis Colts. We You know, we got to – we got to figure things out. We're we're sitting here. We're two games over five hundred with nine, you know, with with seven to play, and you know maybe you know we, you know or September twenty eighth probably be eleven to play, eleven games to play, but we're you know we're 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 four and three right now or five and two or whatever. Regardless, that's where I think the 49ers are going to make their play with Jimmy Garoppolo because I think I think the market has dried up this offseason he's injured they won't they can't see him throw um you can't pass a physical right now because his arm is in a brace so you can't you can't evaluate the player the way that you'd really want to and you know there's certainly enough film on him and people realize the talent that he is to be able to just go off of that alone but again if you can't pass a physical and they can't see you in there throwing the throwing the football then there's a good chance that those teams are going to pass. And that's probably why a lot of the teams have not offered what the 49ers are asking. Because what the 49ers are asking is not out of the realm of, of, of doable or fair. So I think the 49ers will start the season with Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. Maybe he doesn't play. I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe they've got Trey Lance and they're just like they're itching to get him on the field. You know, he, he improved some things in the offseason, you know, his delivery – um, 
you know, his footwork, his pre-snap reads, that kind of stuff. And, and you know, maybe they start the season with him. But when you look at the NFC West as a whole, uh, St. Louis, uh, I keep saying the St. Louis Rams. Why do I do that? <laughs> I refuse to give up the 10 years ago of the NFL. The Los Angeles Rams. They're the Super Bowl champions, Jeff. Get it through your head. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams have gotten better this offseason, in my opinion. And they're going to be a the threat of the NFC West. After that, like the Cardinals yesterday, or the, maybe it's two days ago, they re-signed their weak side linebacker, their Will Backer, who has a, a, a pro football focus grade, a career grade of 42. That's who they're going to roll with on the weak side to start their, their season at, at, at Will Linebacker. They've got a really young secondary. They've got a disgruntled quarterback. And they've got a wide receiver who can't seem to get his hamstring right. So I ask you, where are the Cardinals going to slot in in the NFC West hierarchy, in the, 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 the power rankings of the NFC West. I think we can all agree that the Seattle Seahawks are the worst team in the division. Not terrible, but certainly not the best. So 49ers are still going to be in, you know, in the hunt as one of the best teams in the NFC. And that got me thinking, who are the best teams in the NFC? Because a lot, of, a lot has changed, right? We can talk about AFC all day long. Is, is Tampa the best team in the NFC? I mean, Dallas has had a horrendous offseason. They're off, I mean, Dallas's offseason probably couldn't have gone worse, right? Like the Cowboys have screwed the pooch this, this offseason. Things have not been good for them. They've gotten worse, markedly worse. Like, so much so that I don't know if they're going to win the division next year. Like, uh, my money may be on the Commanders. See, I got their name right. Why can't I get the Los Angeles Rams right? <laughs> They've been the Commanders for six, ma- six minutes, and uh, I, got the, I got the Commanders. Although I did call the Cleveland Indians the Indians the other day. The, the Cleveland Guardians the Indians the other day. Oops. Just don't do it during the game. It'll be fine. <laughs> i got a game to announce coming up. All right. I'm going to take a timeout. When I return, the NBA, the association rolls on. There's ten, nine or ten games left, depending on the team uh, in question here. Zion Williamson has been a basically, you know, He's been invisible because he hasn't been playing all season long. But there's been some grumblings out of New Orleans that maybe he's not happy. Now, he's trying to nurse a bad foot back to health, but yesterday he decided to post a dunk video on his socials. But yet he doesn't want to play for the Pelicans right now. Interesting. We'll talk about that and some whole lot more of the NBA and association coming up after the break. You're listening here to the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. We've got some uh, interesting news coming out of the NFL. Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting just eight minutes ago that the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill has asked the Kansas City Chiefs to trade him. (laughs) Now, I know that they've been trying to work on contract extensions and whatnot with Tyreek Hill. Apparently, that has not gone the way that he has wanted it to go, and he has asked for a trade. Now, the two teams who have jumped in on this wanting of Tyreek Hill, among others, I'm sure, but the two early leaders, apparently, in the clubhouse 
two AFC East teams trying to keep up with the Buffalo Bills, apparently. No, it's not the Buffalo Bills. The Jets and the Dolphins. <laughs> Good luck. So you either go to the Jets, who are an, a, a mess offensively, haven't had a, a decent offense in a decade, and, you know, <laughs> considering who their quarterback is and the situation that they're in right now, not so sure that they're going to be so great in the near future either. Or you can go to the Dolphins and have Tua Tungabailoa throw you the football. So I guess you'd rather have that than Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. But we'll keep you uh, keep you abreast of everything that's happening with that as uh, those things could move rather quickly. Uh, there could be a deal done before the show ends today as Tyreek Hill has sought a trade from the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Zion Williamson, who has, you know, of course, made a name for himself at the collegiate level at Duke, 285-pound guy who can just explode off the floor. Nobody is denying his athleticism, his power, his strength. Um, and really, I mean, he's shown a nice shooting touch as well. I mean, he's, you know, the lefty, and he's shown an ability to to step out and shoot threes, and he's got a nice touch. But regardless, in his, you know, in his first you know, foray into the association, he was the most efficient scorer, as, you know, as far as like efficiency numbers, offensive efficiency numbers in the in the league. I mean, he was right up there near the top efficiency numbers of all time with how well he was scoring the basket and uh, as easily as he was getting to the basket. Well, as expected, you know, because a guy that size and that weight can't play the game of basketball for very long you just can't do it if you're that size if you're 6'8 285 pounds you just it's the wear and tear I mean there's reasons why basketball players are so slender because you need that kind of frame to endure the rigors of the type of game that basketball requires and the amount of time and you know all that and the up and down and stuff I mean, it's a, it's it's a very very demanding game and not everybody can play it you know, LeBron James is a freak at 6'8", 270 pounds or whatever he is, 6'9", 270 pounds. You know, he's a big man who has also been able to endure the rigors of the style of, of game that the, basket, the, the basketball uh, requires and demands of you. Zion Williamson has not been that guy. He's had foot problems. He's had ankle problems. And he's been trying to rehab a fractured right foot that has kept him out the entire season. He hasn't played right well yesterday on his instagram he posted a video of him in a, in a practice gym tossing the ball to himself off the backboard and then doing this between the legs windmill dunk i mean it's the dunk is ridiculous it would have it would have won the dunk contest this year easily like it's one of the best dunks you'll see i mean it's and to see the guy do it he's 290 pounds or whatever he is um it's just it's awe-inspiring. It's, it's incredible the amount of you know, boost this guy can get off of the floor. But he also notified the Pelicans that he won't be returning this year. And, like, they need him. Like, they, they've started to gel. They made the trade for C.J. McCollum. And now, you know, McCollum and Ingram are kind of starting to gel. They're doing some things. And they're trying to get themselves into that Western, uh, into the, uh, the, the, uh, the playoff for the uh, for the uh, for the uh, playoffs to see if they can get into that the you know win one and advance kind of tournament style to get them into the eight or the seven seed of the NBA playoffs and certainly having a guy like Zion Williamson would probably help. I mean, 
I know that basketball takes chemistry, and he would have some rust to knock off, but certainly having him out there, even for you know eight to ten minutes a game, give you some explosive play, a guy that you know there has to be a rim protector around at all times, otherwise he will just make mincemeat of your defense. Now we're starting to hear these other problems that have come out. You know, we we heard it earlier when they made the trade for C.J. McCollum, and then a couple of days later, McCollum had gotten to, to New Orleans and stuff, and a reporter said, you know, how's, how's uh, Zion? And McCollum said, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. <laughs> and the reporter was like, what do you mean? Like, you, you guys haven't spoken at all? He said, nope. So Zion, who is the young leader, and, and when I say leader, I don't mean kind of like on the court, but he's – He's the jewel of that of that franchise, right? Like he's he's the, the 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 money man. He's the marketing tool. He's in fact, you know, the reason that they drafted him was because not because he's a, a great basketball player, and he is a very very good basketball player, but he's so marketable. Like he makes you money. Like you can sell tickets for people to come see Zion, and they did. They sold tons of road tickets. I mean, every time the Pels were on the road, their games were sellouts because everybody wanted to see. Zion Williamson in person. He's a huge marketing tool. I still would have drafted Ja Morant over him because I just felt all along that Ja Morant was a much better basketball player. Now Ja Morant has turned into a uh, a must see superstar. Like I mean, Memphis has themselves a superstar, possibly for life if they're able to you know to make the money work and things like that. Keep them happy, and if they keep winning, you know, Ja Morant is must see TV, must see in person. Like he is. You see him in person. He is, he's a, a flash. <laughs> he's, he's really he's a blur. He's impressive. But Zion Williamson was the same way. But, I, you know, I would have taken Jaw because, Zion, I, I could foresee this coming. I could see the injuries coming. You can't have that build. But now, eh, maybe he don't want to be back. So the Pelicans now are kind of stuck with this player who doesn't want to play for them, apparently, has had weight problems in the past, and we've seen – pictures and videos of him right during his during his rehab stint you know pictures of him on the on the sidelines in a in a hoodie and you're like a big old beer gut on that kid like and not necessarily a beer gut but you know what i mean like he like he put on some fluff he's doughy (laughs) you know and in this picture in the in the video that i watched on instagram yesterday um he looked good and i understand why he posted it like hey Look at me, I, I'm, I'm able to, to jump off my foot. But you can't post the video the same day that news comes out that you told the Pelicans that you weren't going to be returning to the team. <laughs> so, eh, eh, bad choice there. Another, again, young player trying to market themselves and just going about it the wrong way. Look, young people make mistakes. We have to understand that, uh, and, and things will happen. Somebody's got to get a hold of this kid and be like, hey, look, you, you know, maybe maybe don't post that, or maybe don't tell people that you don't want to return to the Pelicans this year. Just maybe tell people like we're trying, you know, to get back. We have to get cleared by doctors. Blah, blah, blah. So, what do the Pelicans do with Zion Williamson? Do you trade him now? What is his value right now? I mean, there are plenty of teams that would be lining up to trade for Zion Williamson, especially after the the video. Maybe that was the 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 point of the video. I don't know. Maybe the point of the video was like, look, I got my explosiveness back. I'm ready to be traded. Who wants who wants some of this? That maybe that's the, you know, that's the case too, but I don't know, man. Like I, I think 
you know, once you start to look at his history of injuries and just, you know, how, I guess, prone he is to those types of lower, you know, foot, ankle injuries and that kind of stuff, it's only a matter of time before the next one happens. You know, and hopefully, you know, you never root for injury for anybody, ever, 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 ever. You know, hopefully it's not an Achilles or a big ligament in the knee or something like that that is a considerable amount of time away, a year and a half, two years away for a guy of his size. You know, he needs to trim down, but that does, it, does it take away from the player that he is? So, again, you know, it goes back to the draft. And, you know, again, I know I wasn't on the airwaves here when the draft was happening, but I just, as much as I like him as a person, and as a marketing tool and the ability to print money with a guy like him, I just would never have taken the chance. I just couldn't see myself as taking a chance. I'm not a big risk taker when it comes to, to things like that, and I wouldn't have. I would have just taken Ja Morant and been like, we're good. I'm going gonna, gonna to roll with Ja, see what happens. And New Orleans would be in a much better place right now had they done that as well. I mentioned yesterday that CP3 could be available as early as for tonight's game for the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns going to be uh, in action tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. You can, of course, hear that right here on your home, your Tucson home, for the uh, for the Phoenix Suns right here on ESPN Tucson. So check that out. Um, if I look at the, uh, the schedule here, what time does that game start? The game is at uh, 4.30, 4.30 today, so an early start uh, for that. So Spears and Ali will be preempted. Um, do they even have a show today? Because I know Justin's in San Antonio. Maybe they don't even have a show today. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out after the break, and then I can tell you if Spears and Ali are going to have a show today or not. We'll take a time out. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here today on this Wednesday, March the 23rd. Glad to be here with you. And uh, as previously mentioned, Spears and Ali will not be having a show today. Justin's in San Antonio with the uh, with the basketball team covering the Sweet 16 for the South Region there. So we're going to take the Suns game uh, today at, uh, at 4.30 Suns and T-Wolves. Will CP3 play? I don't think so. They don't need him to. They haven't needed him to, to. I mean, look at look at what the Suns have done over the last, uh, you know, the last several weeks without him. I mean, not to say that they don't need CP3 at all. They certainly do. I mean, they're they're going to need him for the playoff run. That was the big, you know. Oh my God, what you know? What do we do if you know if we don't have Chris Paul? Uh, understandable. Like you don't want to just go into the season or the postseason without him. Uh, Suns have won five games in a row. They've won seven of their last eight and nine of their last 11. So, like, they've been, they've still been winning games without Chris Paul. He went on, on, the, on February 20th, Chris Paul went out. Three days later, they beat Oklahoma City. Who doesn't? They lost to the Pelicans. Then they lost to Utah in a really close game, against a back-and-forth game against Utah. Um, that was like the Devin Booker, like he had a huge night that night. Uh, but then after, after that, they've lost two games since then. So, um, again, they don't need him to lock up the number one overall seed in the Western Conference. They've got Minnesota tonight. Then they're at Denver 
on Thursday. So they got to go from Minnesota to Denver. That's a tough. Uh, that's a tough road. I mean, they're going to play tonight at five o'clock. Then fly to Denver after that game is over to play a night game. Then back home for Philly on Sunday. It's an afternoon game against Philadelphia. <clears throat> Pardon me, the Sixers are in town. Then they go on a three-game road trip. Golden State, Memphis are the first two stops of that road trip. So hopefully by then they've already got the number one seed already locked up and they don't have to worry about that. Uh, Golden State lost last night to a bad a, – that was a bad loss. Um <clears throat> Pardon me. So, if you look, you know, right now at the standings, you know the, the 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 Western Conference is all but decided in the at least the top, you know, the top two or three seeds are, are decided. Obviously, Suns are going to take the one seed unless a miracle happens. Memphis, who is nine games back in second place, has now a two-game lead over the suddenly struggling Golden State Warriors. They've actually lost three in a row. Have the Warriors. Then you got the Utah Jazz in the fourth spot. They're 13 games out of first, but they're four behind the Grizz. Then you got the Mavericks, who have been playing good basketball as of late, rightfully so. They've gotten healthy, and that's a good basketball team. They're now five games behind the Grizzlies. The Denver Nuggets currently sitting in the sixth spot. They're uh, six and a half games behind the Grizz. Then you've got a logjam. You've got the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans. The Spurs are right there also. They're only two games behind the Pelicans. I don't see that happening. And then you get the Trailblazers, who are terrible right now. Um, they'll, you know, they'll probably fall through. Then you get the Kings, the Thunder, and the Rockets, all bad teams. So where do you know where, where's the where's the play-in tournament going to be at? Like, where, you know, what are we looking at? Because the Timberwolves are one game behind the Nuggets, so they're going to be gunning for wins. They're going to try to get themselves out of that playoff into that vaunted that that highly coveted sixth spot uh, for the you know for the middling teams in the in the conference. The Lakers are still hanging on, barely giving up 115 points a game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we said it all year. Said it all year. This is what that team's going to look like. Now, what about the Eastern? Eastern Conference is a lot more exciting, obviously, at least as far as the race goes. The Miami Heat are in the lead right now. Um, they have a two-game lead over the Bucks, who have a half-game lead over the Sixers and the Celtics. So all of those teams going to be gunning for it, trying to get that number one seed uh, in, the, in the Eastern Conference because that's going to be huge. Home court advantage in the East, obviously, it's, it's huge in, in the West as well. But there's a lot more at stake in the East because, you know, do you got to play the Brooklyn Nets? You know, who you know do you have to play you know, the Bulls who have the propensity to just go off at any point in time with Levine and DeRozan. You know, so it's, it's there's some interesting matchups in there. Uh, but the Suns are, are, are sitting pretty right now. They've earned it. They've got one of the best defenses in the league. And then, of course, when CP3 gets back, they'll get back to having one of the best offenses in the league. They have, I think they have the best point differential in the league, too. I think their point differential is like eight and a half, which is at least two points above the next best team. So, um, Suns are great. And uh, once once they get CP3 back, again, uh, it, it maybe it, he looked good the other night, slapping hands with everybody on the on the bench. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's a very optimistic sight there. And certainly they need him back for that playoff run. But this team is extremely deep. They're deeper than any team in the league, period. They're the deepest team by far in the league. So credit to James Jones in getting that roster to a point where 
they can you know they can roll out any number of guys, 10, 11 guys on a, on a single night that are going to play and give good minutes to that team. Now, I know that we've all been kind of uh, you know on on them for not giving DeAndre Ayton his money and you know DeAndre's a, a fantastic player and you watch him play and how much he has improved his defense has served the Suns so well and he's he's a you know he's basically a 16 and 8 machine that's what he gives you like every single night unless he fouls out egregiously because the referees didn't have any idea what they were doing that night which happened the other night when three Suns fouled out in that game that's ridiculous by the way but maybe I, I don't know. Maybe the Suns are onto something here. Maybe they just they realize that they don't need to pay him. They 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 want to go with you know players that are going to play at, at a better tempo or or something. And they'll just they'll just go with an athletic center on a two year contract from time to time. I wouldn't flirt with it to be honest with you. I I, I would have paid DeAndre his money. He's earned it. Uh, your team is going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference for the second consecutive season. I think he's earned it. So we'll see what happens in this offseason. But, you know, there was that worry that, that Dre would play with his, you know, it, he's an emotional guy. We know, we know that to begin with. He's also young. So there's that, you know, working in, in you know, for him as well. Um, you know, he's, got, he's emotional. We saw that at Arizona, and he's young. And not getting paid when other guys in that draft class were making all kinds of money uh, guys that are were drafted behind him that have not performed as well as him have not gone as deep into the postseason as he has all get in their bags. Now, Dre didn't get his bag, and we thought that maybe eh, it might affect his game this year. What I've seen is the same DeAndre Ayton that we've that we saw last year. He's you know extremely reliable. He continues to be one of the better defenders in the league at his position because he can. He is expected to and can get out and defend the perimeter, much the way that Christian Coloco is expected to do so when they go large uh, with, with, the, with the Twin Towers in Tommy's uh, defensive setup late in games. So, you know, watching DeAndre play, I think that he's earned that contract. Maybe not the super max or whatever, but he's certainly earned something from the Phoenix Suns, and I don't think it has affected his play this year. You know, when he got hurt early in the year, and it took him like an extra few days to kind of reintegrate himself. And people thought, oh, he's, you know, he's milking it. He didn't get paid. And now he's sulking. And that's not the case. <laughs> okay. He had a legitimate injury. And it just took him a little bit longer. Big men take longer to get back. And you don't want to force it, you know. So uh, I think the, the Suns are going to be fine. DeAndre is going to continue to do his thing. He's, he's shown that it's not going to affect his game this year. I feel like he's playing as good, if not better, than he was last season. And once they get Chris Paul back, obviously that's like that's his guy. Like those two work so well together. And once CP3 gets back and back into the flow of things and and knocks off any kind of rust that he has taken on during his time off, then you'll see those numbers start to go up again for DeAndre on the offensive end because they're, it's a fun duo to watch. And then you got Devin Booker who's playing extremely well and they're able to rely on some of the other offensive weapons. They're the deepest team in the, in the league, by far. Deepest team and one of the best defensive teams in the league. So good luck to anyone else out there. They're the, they're the overwhelming favorites to win the NBA championship, but there's always that superstar power that shows up in the postseason, whether it was like Giannis last year, 
Kevin Durant and Kyrie, maybe, you know, they come out of the, the East and, and they get things together and New York allows Kyrie to play even though he's not vaccinated. Do Harden and Embiid just kind of take the East by storm? What does Golden State look like? How does John Morant perform in his first, you know, lead into the postseason? Like, I mean, obviously they were there last year, but this is like now he's a superstar. You know, and then again, there's always teams like the Mavericks, teams like the Nuggets, who have ridiculously good superstar players, bigs who handle the point, that distribute, and collect triple doubles like they're, you know, like they're candy. There's always those uh, those guys lurking as well. So, looking forward to the postseason. I'm I'm a big fan of NBA playoffs, and uh, they're right around the corner. We'll have uh, full coverage for you that on on that as well. All right, we're gonna take a t- uh, timeout. When I return. We'll put a big, bright, red, shiny bow on today's edition of The Jeff Dean Show. That's next, right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. So for those of you fans who are going to be traveling to San Antonio, first of all, I saw on on Twitter that a couple of the flights had been canceled and stuff. That's really unfortunate. Like that's that sucks to have to find another flight right now to get to San Diego. But if you're uh, if you're headed to San Diego, uh, San Diego, San Antonio, if you're headed to San Antonio and need to know kind of like what to do, what to look for there, uh, John Brodesky for the Arizona Daily Star has posted an article right there on Tucson.com, and it's uh, it's basically a Tucsonan's Guide to San Antonio for the Sweet 16. Just posted it a couple of minutes ago, and uh, it's kind of like a uh, like a, like a, an article about what you can find and what there is to do in you know in San Antonio, of course, the Alamo and all that kind of stuff. But there's all kinds of other interesting things in San Antonio. I went there um, for a just a, a quick. I was there for one day. Um, went to the river walk and you know all that kind of stuff and it's kind of cool and there's you know the um the uh the land bridge that they have there which is really quite interesting like it's massive it's 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 really quite incredible to be honest with you uh it, it, like it's it's a it's a cool little town I mean, it's very texas um very texas <laughs> so uh if you if you if you know what i mean when i say it's very texas then y- yeah you you get it so uh, but if you want to check that out, it's on Tucson.com. If you're headed to San Antonio, go uh, give it a give it a read, and it may help you, you know, look for some things to do while you're there because it's not going to be just about uh, sitting at the the arena watching the game, which should be fun. You know, the Alamo Dome, um, interesting place to uh, to watch a game. Uh, I remember when it was when it first debuted. I actually got to go uh, see a, a boxing match there through HBO when I was covering boxing with HBO. And I was, I remember thinking like, you know, this is kind of a modern Marvel. Like this is a really cool place. Like there's final fours here and stuff like that. They built it for that. And now it's an old building, which is kind of funny to me. So uh, if you're headed to San Antonio, first of all, safe travels to you and uh, good luck on everything and uh, have some fun. Enjoy yourself and represent us well, please do not be some jagaloon out there being, acting a fool and doing stupid stuff and getting arrested and putting a sour taste in people's mouths about Arizona fans. Okay, we've already got enough of that on Twitter. <laughs> Texas already thinks so lowly of us, and we get to play another Texas team tomorrow night. Now, I will have a full preview of Arizona's game against Houston. That will take up the chunk of our day 
tomorrow from 7 to 9. I'll have a full breakdown of what Houston does on offense, what they do on defense. I've already been looking into it. I watched a few of their games this year. I was very impressed with how they play. They play extremely well as a unit, especially on defense. They're going to be tough. It is going to be a tough game. I do believe Arizona is the better team. I'm just going to say that right now. If Arizona can play to their potential, they will beat Houston. So we'll uh, we'll have a full breakdown of that tomorrow, though, on my three keys to victory and all that stuff that goes into the game. Plus, we'll, re- we'll preview some of the other Sweet 16 games as well, have some NFL news and notes for you. Will Tyreek Hill get traded five minutes after the show ends? <laughs> That's probably likely. So we'll talk about all that and more on tomorrow's show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio for pushing all the right buttons and keeping me on the air today. And, of course, thanks to you guys for tuning in from 7 to 9 here for the Jeff Dean Show. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Remember, Spears and Ali are off today and the rest of the week, so enjoy some Suns basketball. And we'll see you again tomorrow morning right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson.